0: and we're back. Deacon David, how are you? Pretty good, man. All right, we've made it all the way to week 30.
1: Week 30. That's right. All right.
0: So uh, 30th week in uh, ordinary time.
1: Did you uh, preach last week? I did. I did over Amalek. Oh, you preached on the first reading. Yeah, everybody was mowed down.
0: (laughs) How did uh, that get received?
1: I think well, um, because I really wanted to make the point that what God wanted was complete devotion and utter loyalty, no matter what oh yeah, what God didn't want <laughs> is murder and pillage
0: right right
1: um and so the and this happens all throughout the old testament is we hear that first part from God and don't really know how to how to do it mm. um, so that's kind of that's kind of what my homily was about, you know being okay being okay with, or not okay, but being able to confront these harsh readings and not to run from them, mm. and to find where God really is and where God isn't, right? I think is an important thing to do.
0: Nice. I like it. I like it. Good. Um, How was your
1: homily? You didn't preach, did you?
0: No, I didn't end up preaching this week. I um, was just assisting at mass, and I'm taking turns with uh, the priests that preside, and so I go once every couple of weeks. Um, uh-huh. Which is good, you know. The faithful can have a variety of, of preachers, which is good. Um, yeah. And the the celebrant decided to preach on World Mission Sunday, so okay. He he used the gospel, but he spent the first you know thirty seconds of his homily explaining why this gospel isn't appropriate for World Mission Sunday. So <laughs> okay, I was like, okay, well, you know. But then he he, he tried he tried to bend it, you know. He tried to say something along the lines of like. You know, it's a, an appropriate gospel if we think about the mission inward, because it's a, it's all about prayer, you know? Um, mm. and it's like, okay, that's a way of shoehorning it in. But there's no need to do that. I mean, all you have to do is do one or the other. Like, pr- preach on the gospel or preach on World Mission Sunday, or actually find a real connection instead of just trying to find a fake one, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, spend time actually praying. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the gospel. Are yeah. you going to... Are you going to be persistent right. and actually find what's there?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if, and not in a cynical way, but I wouldn't be surprised if every gospel could be used for any given t- situation. You know, like not, not in a cynical way of like, oh, you can make anything mean anything, but in a spiritual way that, you know, it's scripture and it's inspired. And yeah, God speaks absolutely. to us when we pray. And
1: Yeah, I believe that. Um, and, you know, it's interesting. When I was, when I took my homiletics course, um, it was pretty explicit like if there's um if this isn't connected to the scripture then you shouldn't be preaching on it.
0: Hmm. yeah. Well, I'm I'm a big believer in that.
1: Uh and so but things like world Mi- I don't really even know what world mission Sunday is. I remember right. you talking about it. I was like, ah, "I've never heard of that before."
0: Yeah, well, it was kind of like a um, uh, Good Shepherd Sunday, you know, or Yeah. Where we, you focus on a particular thing internationally? Yeah. I mean, for for my money, that's why we have a liturgical calendar, right? Like, right. It's so that we are all focusing on one thing together, you know? So it's right. like you have Corpus right. Christi Sunday, you have Trinity Sunday, you have anyway. Um, mm-hmm. Not to be polemical, but it's just like, well, the readings are there, and then they just end up getting ignored, you know? By
1: yeah. Well, yeah, and and when you do ignore the readings, then it be- becomes even more about what I want to talk about and less about what the church is asking us to meditate on.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, anyway. So, so yeah. so I don't
1: have any sort of,
0: yeah. Yeah. So my, my homily last yesterday, the one that I listened to wasn't, didn't really touch on a lot from the gospel other than just generally speaking about prayer. Um, mm-hmm. But I am going to, I have good news. I am going to be preaching this weekend. So I, nice. Um, and particularly interested in your thoughts for this week, because yeah, I, I, uh, I'm going to put together a homily for Saturday this week, not Sunday, mm-hmm. a vigil mass. Uh, so we got Ecclesiastes, actually, no, Sirach, we got Sir- Sirach. Um, I get confused. I'm looking at the Spanish and Spanish. It's the same word, uh, Ecclesiastes. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's Ecclesiastes. And then it's kind of lo- looks like Ecclesiastes for Sirach anyway. Hmm. Um, And so we got Ecclesiastes, and then we got. We're still continuing with Luke, um, and with the Second Letter to Timothy. Um, Yeah, maybe right off the bat, any sort of initial thoughts from you?
1: Well, that famous line from Second Timothy: "I have competed well. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith." Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a great sort of. um, I almost hate to use the word, but it's a good like mantra, something that we can be reminded of quite. Regularly, I think. Yeah, totally. That it's that it's important to compete well. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, and this was a point that I made in my homily for this past week. You know, when we are speaking of prayer, I think a lot of people wrongly think of it as wishing my problems away so that mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything, mm-hmm. and that's just not prayer. Right. Prayer is like again, like Saint Paul says, being poured out like a libation, um, doing something, competing well, finish the race, but keep the faith
0: yeah absolutely it's one it's one of those lines that should like it should be a motto for any parish or it should be a motto for any bishop any any number of organizations that have mottos like this would be a great line because it summarizes well every gospel that we get so like like this past week's gospel with the perseverance in prayer or this up this upcoming week that we're talking about today you know in in terms of You know, the question of judgment and judging Mm -hmm. others or not. And like the whole Christian life is a journey and it's a battle and it's a race. And so every gospel, every parable that we get from Jesus applies very easily. It's like, okay, if you're going to fight well, like you were talking about with the uh, Amalekites, so you're going to fight well, if you're going to heed God's warning, if you're going to, you know, be judged according to your deeds, if you're going to be persistent in prayer, well, it's helpful to think of your whole life as this race. And so Mm -hmm. it's like, this is what's at stake is that there's a crown at the end of this. And are you going to fight well and run well to, you know, to earn the victory, earn the victory, you know, whatever that means. Yeah. Um,
1: Well, are you going to keep the faith? Are you going to, again, looking at this letter, um, let the Lord stand by you and give you strength. I mm -hmm. think we forget that so often, you know, and again, that's, I think that's the fault of the Israelites from last week's reading from uh, Exodus that they, in a sense, I mean, they did, they were searching for God, for, for God, but ultimately, I think um, it, they didn't let the Lord give them the strength because yeah. they were looking at their own strength, their own battle plans, their own conquesting abilities. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we do that too. We do that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. We forget that it's the Lord that gives us strength.
0: Right, right. Um you know, maybe switching gears for a second. I want to maybe focus for a second on the gospel. Um because in terms of these sorts of pieces of advice that we can give to people who are running a race and fighting well, you know, heeding God's advice, we we have a, a gospel that begins similarly to last week where Jesus explains why he gives the parable. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and I love that. Yeah. You know, that last week Jesus gave the parable so that those who forget need to remember to persevere in prayer. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. this week he tells us why he gives the parable. He says...
1: To those who are convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. (laughs) Yeah, it's like this is why he's...
0: So he gives you the summary statement of this parable before he gives it to you, which is a very helpful thing for us as we meditate in prayer. Um, Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to just highlight this gospel as a good opportunity maybe for all of us. This is a really good gospel to do sort of Lectio Divina with and to sort of like enter into meditatively and maybe spend some time in prayer with because Jesus lays out two possibilities, you know, and two people. And so it's easy to do sort of a contemplation or like to do a composition of place of so setting ourselves in the scene and saying, you know, who am I in this? If I imagine myself mm-hmm. and I do an examination of my own conscience, can I easily just dismiss the Pharisee as being obviously the bad guy? You know? And I think it's it's tempting to do that for a lot of us. We want to do that, yeah. Because the Pharisee is almost synonymous in the Gospels with the one who's doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's clear here, you know, that Jesus is condemning those who are judgmental um, of others and are convinced of their own righteousness. And the Pharisee clearly has that going for him. Um, But, you know, maybe two questions. One... Should we write him off immediately? Because we are also kind of that way. And two, also another way of maybe looking at the Pharisee in this gospel is that he is doing what he's supposed to be doing as a Pharisee. You know, he's praying and he's, you know, offering sacrifice to God and, you know, but there's something wrong there too yeah. in his heart. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because yeah. I think it can be easy and tempting to say, see, the Pharisee is wrong in everything that he does. And Yeah.
1: Well, and what does that, what does that leave out? leave out room for conversion. Like we want to just say, well, this is a once and done. And I mean, I realize that this is a parable and it's meant to kind of represent that summation of one's life um, where all you do for your entire life is that. Okay. But the reality of the fact is we're all going to be the Pharisee for the majority of our life. Mm. (laughs) Um, Can we, when it counts, um, stand up or bow our head Mm -hmm. and be like the tax collector and say, oh God, be merciful to me, a sinner.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, but maybe here to introduce a little bit of a, maybe a little bit of a wrench in this is that, think about the tax collector though. In this parable, at least, we're not given any indication that he, you know, that he gives the money back. Does he give the money back after this? Um, (laughs) You know, that's not the focus of this gospel. The focus of this gospel is, what's going on in their heart, you know? But there's just an invitation there, kind of like you're saying, is that we're looking at a slice of their life. And in this moment, the Pharisee, in maybe his external life, is doing everything he's supposed to be doing as a Pharisee, but in his internal life, he's decaying. And then you have the tax collector who in his internal life is turning back to God, but in his external life, is he making amends with those he has wronged? So there's an interesting, like, one gives us an indication of the internal, and the other with the external. Both are necessary, but we're looking at one moment in both of their lives. You know, they're both on this race that St. Paul speaks about. You know, and are they both going to finish mm-hmm. well? Well, in order for the tax collector to finish well, he needs to finish his prayer and then go and give Act on it. Go and give the money back. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for the Pharisee to finish the race well, he needs to not be looking at the tax collector but be looking at god you know because
1: uh-huh.
0: i think in this doesn't it say that he's looking at he's not looking at god is he he's uh, lo- yeah he's who? looking the pharisee he's looking at the he's looking at the tax collector
1: uh the pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself
0: mm. yeah yeah and then he's focusing his focus his attention is on this other person who he sees himself as better than
1: yeah, he says, oh, God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. Mm.
0: Yeah, that doesn't really sound good <laughs> No, no. <laughs> to pray this way. That's not really a prayer, yeah. you know?
1: It's not a prayer. Well, it starts off as not a prayer when he says he spoke this to himself.
0: That's Ooh, not yeah. what prayers are.
1: Mm. They're lif- being lifted up to God. I mean, we say them quietly and sometimes even in our, you know, in our own hearts. Um, but they they're not directed to ourselves. Mm, yeah, yeah. Or they shouldn't be at least.
0: Yeah. You know this is this is another this is another one of those gospels where it's like you have you have to take it for what it says. Just a face. I think at face value, this gospel communicates clearly what Jesus is getting after. You know, what I mean, like I think there can be a temptation with a, homil- with a homily for this Sunday to maybe try to overanalyze this gospel a little bit and to be like, well, how can we find ways of nuancing? It's like, well, sometimes yeah. sometimes what Jesus says is just what he says, you know?
1: Well, so, and this is a question that I have, you know, and I think we've talked about this before. Do you think he's talking about two real people? Probably.
0: I think he has experiences that then give him data for storytelling, you know?
1: Yeah. But I, so, and I ask that because every time we start talking about parables, I find that we're, we are trying to nuance and find, well, what, a, what if this person was really, you know, struggling with this, that, or the other that made him say this? Mm. It's like, well, I don't think that's the point of these stories. <laughs> and I think you're right. It's exactly what Jesus is trying to say, what, it's being, what he's being clear about.
0: Right, right.
1: It's what happens when you or I or anybody starts to put themselves in the place of God mm. as the person to pray to. Right, and we start to look at ourselves as being the exception to the rest of humanity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, did this person, you know, maybe I don't know, maybe he he went through some tragedy that day, you know, blah 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 blah. Okay, well, I just don't f- really find the the use of asking those. Yeah, it's a very it's a very juvenile way. Like I I can think of so many times when I was teaching scripture, um. That these types of questions would come up, like, well, what about? Um, well, now I am not going to be able to think of an example off the top of my head. Well, but trying to find ways like a, of
0: explaining away, you know, yeah,
1: yeah, what yeah, people yeah, are going yeah, yeah.
0: through. But no, taking it at face value, and I think also the church in her wisdom this week pairs this with our first reading to give us a clearer indication of what's going on. Right, that first off we're introduced with. with god who is a judge the first line of the first reading you know mm-hmm. um i don't know what your translation says but mine says the lord is a judge <laughs> you know and
1: what <laughs> the is the god it? of justice
0: yeah so the lord is a judge is what mine says um and yeah so that's that's the lens that we're looking at is on what basis are we going to be judged well take that image from saint paul of running the race well god is the one who ultimately is going to judge the victors And Uh the way that we do that is by looking that God does justice for those who are just and he hears the cry of the poor. Like, you know, for those who are downcast and downtrodden, God hears their prayer, you know, and God is just. He's a God who is just and he doesn't delay in acting with justice for those who, you know, are in need. And so with that lens in mind, it's like we look at this and we're presented with two people in the gospel one of whom exalts himself and the other one who humbles himself, and Jesus makes it very clear it's on this basis mm-hmm. that they're going to be judged, you know
1: yeah, and you know it's there's that great line from um, Cardinal Ratzinger in his book on eschatology, where he talks about how the damned will their own damnation, heaven is so much so so much about freedom uh, that the damned will their own damnation mm. is what he says mm. uh, and it's kind of the same thing, like God. Knows no favorites. That's the second part of that first first verse. Uh, God wants all of us, <laughs> loves all of us the same, mm-hmm. but we have this wonderful and terrible ability called free will to where we can reject God's love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that when we become like this Pharisee who doesn't look to God, but look, looks to himself. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's, what's, what, in a sense, what can God do? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Because he's not going to come down and force us, um, force our, our freedom out of existence.
0: Right. Right.
1: um, And say, you will love me and despair.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, what's, what's, Um, what's funny is that your translation gives us an indication of what the Pharisee is up to. That is not in my translation. So, oh, yeah? so you keep saying praying to himself. Uh yeah. and it's key because then it turns him into an idolater, right? Yeah. But mine doesn't say that. It says he prayed in his interior. Hmm. So to himself meaning like
1: Well, and I guess that could be the way that it's that it's intended, perhaps, but that's certainly not how I read it.
0: No, yeah. And I think that's kind of an interesting thing that when you're when you're preaching, that's in your mind, is that you can yeah. certainly interpret that this way is that he's praying to himself. Um, yeah but even without that little detail he's still focusing on comparing himself to others as better than right that he's still yeah putting himself above which yep you know that kind of hubris is ultimately what leads to perdition um mm-hmm. no that's good that's good you know this is the second week in a row that we have god is the image of god as judge you know um mm-hmm. and that god's justice is you know, is swift and is also one that looks out for the needs of the poor. Last week we had yeah. a widow, you know, and this week we have a tax collector, a sinner, you know. So widows, right. orphans, tax collectors, prostitutes, anybody who's marginalized in the society, it's like God is looking up for yeah.
1: them. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's it's really this is this could be a, a its whole thing talking about God as judge. Um, I really like that image because it shows really exactly what we're trying to fight against, which is this wrong, frankly, understanding that God is going to somehow be overly scrupulous to every little thing that we've done in our lives. You know, like, again, going back to the good place, um, that he, you know, he's keeping tally of some sort. Mm. Um, that's the that's the mentality of the Pharisee here. Mm. Uh, rather than the tax collector, at the end of the day, um, you know, this was a great Lewis quote, one of my favorites. He says, in the end, there are two types of people. Those who say to God, thy will be done. And those to whom God says, thy will be done. Mm. And I think that's this gospel. Yeah, there it is. Know? Yeah, And that's, that's the judgment of God. Like whose will is being done here? Right. Yours or right. mine.
0: No, I like that. I like that. And it goes back to that Ratzinger quote. Is that it's all about freedom, you know? Right. And exactly, exactly. Mm. it's almost like God won't send you to hell. It's like you'll want to go. Exactly. Yep. You know? Cool. I think so. Good. Yeah, I think there's a good way of of preaching this Sunday with that line from St. Paul, sort of set, setting the stage for what's at stake here, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then seeing that we're given the option of one path versus another. And yeah. the choice is ours, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's a very Lucan theme. I mean, it fits with this year of... What is it? C, C years. Luke. Uh-huh, anyway, uh-huh. Um, he's always kind of talking talking about. Well, he talks about the way explicitly, um, but our our life of faith as being this journey, this race, this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this way.
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. Cool, man. Well, good. Uh, any parting thoughts? Um.
1: Go pray. <laughs> and go to mass.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spend some time with the readings this week and go to mass, and we'll see you next week. All right. All right. Cool, man. That sounds good. Till next time.